Thank you to everyone that has tuned into 52 Weeks of Hustle thus far and has made it such a huge success. Crazy to think we're nearing the end of season two. In addition, thank you for all the kind words and support of the book, Hustle Your Way to Success in Sports Sales. I hope it can continue to be beneficial as you push to be elite. General Sports Worldwide has continued to pick up steam in both the search and recruiting space, as well as the overall consulting space, which consists of sales and leadership training. We are only continuing to grow as we've just acquired the Clubhouse, an industry-leading job board, mentorship platform, mental health platform, and an extensive training portal. Please let us know if we can ever be of assistance and be sure to fill out a profile on the Clubhouse. Be sure to follow on 52weeksofhustle.com as well as Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Enjoy this week's episode. Welcome to 52 Weeks of Hustle. I'm Travis Apple, and I'll be your host of this podcast. I've been fortunate to spend my entire career in the sports sales industry, and I wanted the opportunity to give back, to give back to those individuals that want to get in this business, or for those that are in this business that want to continue to excel at an elite level. For those of you who know me, hustle has always been important, hence the name. Each week, I'm going to have the opportunity to sit down with industry professionals to talk about their career growth what it takes to be successful, and ultimately a few key takeaways for you to apply to your everyday. Without further ado, our guest this week. Many of us grow up playing sports and being around sports and just always want to be around it for a career, but not exactly sure how. Our next guest did just that and didn't realize there's a career to be had, but found her niche and has had a very successful career. I'm excited to have our next guest, Brooke Ellenberger, Vice President of Ticketing for the Tennessee Titans. Brooke, welcome to the show. Thank you, Travis. Brooke, very no, I appreciate it. I'm very excited to discuss your career. And let's start from the beginning. You grow up in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Your dad's a high school wrestling coach. So I assume was just sports always part of your life? Sports were, were always part of our life. Um, you know, with, when your dad's a coach, you just you kind of kind of get mixed into it and, and you fall in love with it. Um, I started, you know, playing new sports, I think in second grade. So I started playing, you know, bitty basketball at the Y and um, you know, and soccer was kind of, kind of becoming a, a thing at the youth level at that time too. So, um, started from a young age and, um, and I've always loved it. Well, I kicked the podcast off by talking about just kind of the unknown of this industry. I know we've talked about in the past, a lot of people like they had no idea what this, this business existed. And so, you know, as you go on to attend Clemson university and study marketing, what did you think you wanted to do? I honestly had no idea, Travis. I think I changed my major three or four times um, at Clemson. Um, and then I finally realized that Clemson had, um, it, it wasn't a, um, a minor or anything, but it was a, a, a specialization within marketing um, that was sports marketing. And um, once I understood that, um, I knew I was going to, you know, have a, have a career path in, in, that, in that space. So you got, you kind of dove into that sports marketing field and you end up getting an internship with a minor league hockey team. And so how did that come about? That's, that's a really interesting one. Um, so the, the minor league hockey team was in Greenville, South Carolina, which isn't too far from Clemson. And they posted the position within the marketing department there at Clemson. And they actually came on campus to do interviews. And so, um, so that, you know, my, my sports marketing professor, um, you know, kind of kind of mentioned it and he kind of recommended it to me. And you know, after interviewing with them and what was intriguing about the internship is you rotated through every department, you know, within within the company. And so on the business side. And so I felt like that would be a good parlay or understanding into, um, you know, what what the sports business was all about. 
And I think that's great advice, Brooke. You know, obviously a lot of internships now may be, hey, you're in this vertical, you're in sales, you're in marketing. But as you're in the organization, make sure you go out and do your due diligence and learn about the other parts of the industry to know what you want to do. And so as you think back to your time, you're getting in that internship. What were some key learnings from that internship that really helped solidify your career path? I think for me, it was really having an understanding of, of what goes on in a sports organization. I had no idea. I'd never seen the inside, um, been to plenty of sporting of events, um, but never saw the business side of it or the sales side of it. Um, so to really kind of gain that understanding, um, really probably in the sales process, um, that was the, the biggest learning, the most intriguing to me. Um, to really have an understanding of how all that works, um, what their process is, what they do. Um, that was, that was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. Um, and I learned so much through that summer. Yeah. It's like being a sponge and you're always learning something. Exactly. And just when you think you kind of have it figured out, you learn something new and you're like, Oh, oh got more to learn here. <laughs> got more. And you're always learning. And so kind of along those learning stages, what is your advice to some of those listeners that or maybe in college, or they're, they're outside of the industry and they're like, you know, sports is something I want to do, but they're just not quite sure what they want to do and how to do it. Um, I recommend an internship or part-time game day responsibilities, um, really gives you an idea of how the organization works. And I think it's also important to understand the things that you don't like or don't want to do, um, but that kind of gives you, you know, a broad sense, ground level approach to, to how an organization runs, whether that be throughout the week or on event day um, or combination of the, the two. You know, I think that's something we, we always tell, you know, young people is like, hey, making sure that you, as much as you're getting interviewed, you're interviewing them as well. Can you yeah. see yourself doing the job? Can you see yourself working in that organization, working for those people? The last thing you want to do is go and move to a new city, get a job. And then you're like, I don't want to be here. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, so Brooke, you get to the point that you realize this is definitely a career path I want to take. I found my niche. I want to go. And, and so what ultimately first first stop led you to New Orleans with the Saints? Yeah. So that was that was a long time ago, Travis. So back in 2000, um, we didn't really have, I didn't know anyone in the sports industry, first of all, outside of the, the folks that I'd interned with at the minor league hockey team. Um, and it was, you know, back in 2000, just the online job postings just weren't really there. And so, um, so I did old school, sent out my resume to a bunch of teams, um, kind of blindly. The snail mail? Uh, snail mail. <laughs> As luck would have it. Um you know, Mike Stanfield at the New York, he had just gotten to the New Orleans Saints and was building out what we would now call an inside sales program. And so just just perfect timing. And then my my resume landed on his desk at the time that they were, you know, that he was interviewing and looking for candidates. And so spoke to him and you know, it's going to be a just a summer part time position. And, um, you know, just graduating from college. I was like, I can go live in New Orleans for the summer. That would be a lot of fun. So, um, and, and thankfully it turned into something longer than just the summer. No, that's awesome. And you know, Mike was a previous guest on 52 weeks of hustle and it was fun to talk about his career path, but as you, you just mentioned there, Brooke, like it was just a, a summer thing and you ultimately, you know, ended up and you were there, you know, for four years, but you know, I guess first advice to listeners, if they go and get an internship or that entry level role, what do you feel like you need to do right from the get-go to help to warrant a promotion in a long-term career? Um, I think first is, is, you know, listening and, and um, 
and gaining an understanding of, of how things work and how you can maybe improve the process. Um, you know, don't be afraid to, to stay late, come in early to really just try to get a leg up on, on, you know, what's going on and understanding of how, how these processes work and how, um, how people operate um, in different departments, not, not just your own. Absolutely. And so Brooke, you end up spending four years with the Saints first as your point, you know, a ticket sales rep and then ultimately to the box office manager. And so what do you feel like you did early on in your career, not only to gain that full-time opportunity, but to continue to get promoted? Um, we had a pretty small staff, um, you know, back then. And so we did a little bit of everything. And so I think that was helpful for me just from an overall career um, perspective to really kind of get a taste of, of everything there at the, at the NFL level. Um, you know, I, w- I was never afraid to, to stay late or do a little bit of extra work. And um, I was always curious, you know, this was my first time in the industry. I didn't really understand how things worked. And so, you know, I, w- I wanted to gain that understanding and that, that helped once you understand something, you know, and somebody asks you a question or ask for a report or ask for information and you can provide that, they just continue to come back to you and, um, and, and you continue to grow because they're asking you for things that maybe you don't know how to do quite yet. And so, um, so I think that was, that was very helpful, but having a small staff, um, you know, allowed us to do a lot of different things. So I think that was, that was the first great opportunity. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then you, you, you certainly excelled in that opportunity. Next stop for you is now in major league baseball with the Houston Astros. How did that opportunity come about? You know, I just, just saw the position. Um, and I think, um, at that time, I was, I was looking to, to figure out my niche and kind of figure out where I kind of fit into an organization. And in New Orleans was spending a lot of time doing a lot of different things. And this opportunity in Houston offered me the opportunity to kind of zero in and kind of, kind of get in one lane. Um, and so, so I liked that aspect um, and did a, a lot of the reporting and the financial um, pieces for, for Houston. And that was kind of, kind of my start, start there. So your first role there with the Astros is that ticket systems manager, and then you ultimately held multiple roles through the ticket office. And so first part of that, given that you had actual ticketing experience, both on the selling end and the servicing end, how did that help you become a leader in the ticket office space? I think just the base knowledge and that you could communicate with everyone. You understood what everyone needed and what they were looking for um, because you, you'd been in that in those shoes at some point. Um, maybe not to the level or to the understanding, you know, that these folks are in, but you have that baseline understanding of what they might need, how to make things easier for everyone, be efficient, um, and, and how long some of these processes take, um, you know, while they may have someone on the phone or someone in person, you want to make it very efficient and very easy for them. And so, Brooke, during your time there at the Astros, you decided to really get into leadership. Uh, so why was that the right fit for you? Um, I, that's, that's a really great question. I think, um, you know, I was really fortunate to work for some amazing leaders that, that maybe saw some opportunities in me before I even, I even saw them in myself. Um, Pam Gardner and Jackie Trawick, you know, really led by example and were great, um, mentors and, you know, um, that just kind of, kind of gave me the confidence and the, and the, and the knowledge base, you know, to kind of jump into that role. Um, and in terms of fit, it was just an organization I had the opportunity to just kind of grow in and, and, and kind of take that next step. 
Um, it was it was a bit of a natural next step, which which was really nice, um, you know, to kind of and it was an it was an easy next step um, because of the people around around me that 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 helped me through that. So you, you talked about people a lot. People is probably the number one priority in our business about who you're working for and alongside and with. And you mentioned mentorship. Mentorship is such a big part of our industry. What's your advice to listeners on like why it's important, maybe not just get one mentor, but multiple mentors and certainly mentors early on in their business or early on in their career? Right. I think I, I do think it's very, very important. Um, and, and, and multiple mentors, because as you look at other opportunities, look to grow within your own organization or with your own role, um, having some different perspective really helps you. Um, I think sometimes we get really focused in on our role and can't see kind of beyond that and having some mentors give you different perspective and give you different advice on how to really kind of work through some of, you know, different situations um, that you might be facing. Brooke, as you think back to your time first getting started in the leadership and, you know, first time leader, a young leader, what's something you know now that would have made your life a hell of a lot easier back then? Um, I think as a, as a very young leader, um, I tried to lead people the way I wanted to be led. Um, and, and so over time, just learning that everyone is different and everyone wants to be led differently and trying to really get to know them, understand what motivates them and what's important to them. Um, I would say that was, that's certainly my, my biggest learning, no doubt. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Again, we're here on 52 Weeks of Hustle. The guest today, Brooke Ellenberger, Vice President of Ticketing for the Tennessee Titans. And Brooke, during your time with the Astros, you move your way up within the organization and end up spending 11 years there. And I'm sure... Early on, you probably had no idea you'd spent 11 years at the organization. So what do you feel like the organization did on a consistent basis to maintain top employees like yourself? Yeah, I was really fortunate to work with some some amazing people um, there and actually worked for two different owners um, during my time there. And they're very different, but both had the same overall approach. Um, um, they were very supportive, understood the everyday, understood the grind that it was um, during the season. Um, and the, the Astros just continued to grow and evolve and with that, you know, with that growth mindset, um, just, just gave you a lot of opportunity to be creative and to try new things and to, you know, whether that's on the pricing side or something fan facing, um, just really gave us opportunity to, you know, kind of be creative and try new things. And that was a lot of fun. Um, and really, um, you know, and I'll, I'll always say, Travis, the, the people around me there were, 
were amazing and that that made it made it easy to stay as well. Absolutely. Now, Brooke, you know, you mentioned something on there and, you know, with your career and certainly with the Astros as well, what I've always you know appreciated is, is the innovation and willingness to think outside the box and willingness to, to take some risk, to try new things. So what's your advice to listeners on just the value of innovation and Hey, try. And if you have to think, think big. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I've, you know, throughout my career been surrounded by a lot of great people who, you know, push me to, to think bigger too. Um, and you know, it's, it's about thinking big, but also thinking, um, thinking that process out, how will it work? Um, what will it look like? What have others done, um, that might be similar, um, or, or the same that you can kind of take some advice from those, you know, other teams or companies, um, groups of people that, you know, might help you, um, kind of skip a couple steps in, in the process and, and get ahead, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, your last three years there with the Astros, Brooke, you spent as the senior director of ticket operations and strategy. And so now you're overseeing the entire team now. What advice do you have on being able to manage so many different personalities? Um, I think it's really getting to know people. Once you understand them a little more, um, helps you you manage through them, understand, um, you know, what's what's important to them. You know, do they need to leave? on time, you know, to go home and be with their kids. And then they open up their computer um, when they, you know, after the kids are in, in bed, um, you know, do they live far away and maybe need to take longer vacations to go um, spend time with their family? Um, you know, kind of, kind of understanding them, understanding what's important to them, how they operate. Um, and then you can kind of, you know, help aid them and, and, and pour into them from there. Now, you know, a lot of our listeners may be in this, the sales realm and they are actively, you know, on the front line selling. And you talk about understanding people and understanding what they do and what motivates them. Let's be realistic here is some people look at people in the operations office and they don't know what they're doing. And so give a kind of a glimpse of like not only the day to day, but like as a salesperson, why they should understand what all goes into. They're not just, you know, picking up the phone to, to, fix your mistakes at times. Right. Right. No. And I think, um, I think there's, there's, there's a lot of communication that goes on, you know, between those, those two groups, if we're doing it right, there's a lot that kind of goes back and forth and, you know, being willing to listen to one another, um, I think is really important. And, um, and everyone trying to be creative, like, Hey, I thought of this, um, you know, how can, how can we make something like this work? Um, I think that's really important too, but, just having an understanding of what it takes to do, do all the positions. I think that's important too. And understanding what the other person is, you know, going through on a daily basis and, and how difficult or easy thing, yep. things might be. Absolutely. Well, Brooke, after a great career with the Astros, you know, 11 plus years, the phone rings again. And this time heading back to the NFL where you're currently at with the Tennessee Titans as the vice president ticketing. And so how did that opportunity come about? Um, it was, it's interesting, you know, as we talk about people, it's, it's, you know, knowing, knowing people. And so, um, one of, you know, Jackie Trawick that I worked with at the Astros, um, she knew someone here at the Titans and, and found out a position was available. Um, and so she recommended me for the position. And so, um, just kind of, kind of worked out and, um, all goes back to really, you know, knowing people. Um, and having them understand your work ethic and, and how you operate too. Yeah. And, and as you think about, you know, again, kind of continuing on in the people end and, and you obviously knew somebody, why was that the right fit for you and in your career? 
Um, there were there were a couple couple factors that played into it. You know, on the surface, you know, it was a chance to take a step up in my career, get a little closer to my family, and get back into the NFL with you know 10, yeah. 10 home games versus eighty three home <laughs> versus games the, versus eighty one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, but the, the Titans, um, had a lot of great people here and got to know them a little bit, um, had some inside knowledge on, you know, some, some, some folks in common. And so, um, so that helped and the Titans were, were about to go through a pretty large, as, as we've seen kind of, kind of growth spurt within the organization. You know, we approach things differently. We're a larger company now and we're more creative and we do things, um, you know, in, in an analytical and a data-driven way here. And so um, all those things, you know, kind of combined together, just really, really made it made it a perfect fit. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll go back a little bit, Brooke, to, to something we just laughed about, right? The the 81 games versus the, the 10. And, you know, and a lot of people have asked me, you know, what's, what's even the difference between baseball to basketball, 81 to 44. And so, you know, certainly there's the 10 game homestands, you know, versus, a, you know, and every night and weekend. But what would you say outside the amount of games, what would you say are some of the, the similarities and then some of the differences between selling the NFL and selling MLB? Yeah, I would say at the end of the day, we're, we're kind of going through some of the same processes, um, maybe in a different um, a different time of the year. Um, but we're, we're still end of the day trying to get fans in our building and trying to provide a great experience for them while they're at the game. Um, I would say that, you know, just the difference in the number of games that that plays a part. Um, but also in the NFL, you, you know, you have, you have 10 opportunities to hit every single goal that you have placed in front of you. Um, there's no misses. You can't miss a game. You can't, you know, slide. Um, whereas, you know, in, in baseball, you do have 83. And so you have a little more, more room to kind of be creative and to kind of try some things because you've got more games, um, you know, to, to kind of work with. So, um, so in, in some ways they're similar and in, in some ways they're, they're a little different at the end of the day, you know, just trying to get, get fans in the building and, you know, increase their experience here. Yeah. It's a, it's the cheeks and seats mentality. And, and to your point, like, yeah, in baseball, you can try something on a Tuesday game in April and if it works great, if it doesn't, you can fix it. But yeah, the, the come the spotlights on a Sunday, there, there's no, you know, no risk on that end. And, you know, going back and again, I know the common theme of this podcast we've talked a lot about is people. And so, you know, coming into this role, you and your team have really had to grow from a personnel standpoint, but also develop plans to improve engagement and customer service for the season ticket members, you know, and being part of our family. So first, what are some of the key characteristics and successful people you're always looking for when hiring, regardless of the role? Um. I would say the, you know, the first thing we look for is that they care about others. You know, we want good people first. Um, you know, we feel like we can, we can teach people to do a lot of things, but, you know, having a positive attitude and willingness to, you know, put in the effort and the work, um, we know results will come, come from that. Yep. Absolutely. It's, it's all about work ethic and, you know, the common theme of, of 52 weeks of hustle. And so Brooke, we talked about one of the things that I've always appreciated about you is your willingness to be innovative and think outside the box. And with that, you and your team have implemented digital ticketing, variable pricing, innovative ticket packages, as well as a rewards program for members. And so as you think about that and you think about not only the launch, I guess, first, what would you say are some key learnings from launching some of those things that we all know some of this member base may see digital ticketing or variable pricing and like, hey, the, the one, the constant in this business has changed and people don't like it. 
Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're right. Um, I think what we try to do is, you know, start with an empathetic approach, understanding that there's going to be folks that don't like the change. And so how can we explain this to them that, that might reach them, um, might resonate with them? Um, and if, 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 it, if it doesn't resonate with them, maybe, maybe the understanding and the logic behind it um, can resonate with them. So just having an empathetic approach and being able to and be willing to, to talk through it you know, with the fans. And like anything, it's the why, right? It's the why behind it. It's why we're doing this, how it's going to improve your overall experience. And, and you talk about that, you know, a lot of these things are not something that you can just, Hey, we're going to roll this out on a Monday. And it's that proactive mindset. And we talk a lot about in this business, the best people, no matter what role is, are the ones that are thinking proactively. So what is your advice on to listeners on thinking proactively and trying to get out in front of everything that they may need to launch or roll out? Yeah. Um, I think for, for us, it's, you know, trying to think through all aspects. And so trying to be prepared for everything that might come down the road, positive, you know, or negative being, being prepared for all that and having a plan for it. Um, you know, we, we, we'd like to plan things out. we like to talk about it, we like to collaborate about it. Um, the more people we have in the room, um, the more, um, the, the different ideas we can bring to the table and the different perspectives that, that we might have. And so we talk through, through these a lot, we create a plan, put things on paper. Um, and so, so I think that's, that's part of it, just being prepared for all aspects of it and, and thinking through it, um, you know, in the rollout, um, you know, how you communicate it to fans, you know, we get some other, other folks within our organization involved that aren't as, you know, maybe as closely tied to these programs and initiatives because if they can't understand it, our fans certainly right. can't understand They're certainly not going it. So, to. so we get a lot of help from, from other departments within the organization as well. That's a great point, right? It's, it's not only educating the fan base and the members, it's educating everybody because you're an usher, you're security, you're a ticket taker, whatever it may be. They're all going to be interacting on the front line. And, you know, two of the things you talked about there is, is communication, kind of utilizing the word, uh, the letter C, communicating and collaborating. Uh, which which is certainly going to make you a competitive organization. But one of the other C's that come into it is the challenge, right? And we talked mm-hmm. about people just don't like change. And so how has you and your how have you and your team overcome some of those challenges? Because there's difficult conversations. There's people that, you know, maybe say bad things in media. I don't want my price change. I hate digital ticketing. How do you overcome that? Um, I I think, you know, trying to communicate on the front end some some of the why. Um and, and the reasoning behind um, some of the changes. And then, you know, just being willing to have conversations with, with people. I think, you know, as people um, send emails or, or make phone calls, you know, they're often surprised that we call them back and we want to have a conversation and we want to have that dialogue with them. And that kind of changes the narrative a little bit, that we care about them and that, that we are interested in their approach and, and how they utilize their tickets. Um, and, and some of our, our changes are, um, are, are harder and some are, some are easier depending on, on the ticket member. And so um, just trying to pick up the phone and, and really have a conversation with people. Now, there's been a, a lot of media coverage about the, the upcoming, you know, whether it be renovations or new facility. And, you know, certainly there's a lot more to come from that. But, you know, Brooke, in, in your time, you know, throughout the, the last seven plus years with the Titans, what are you most proud of that you and your team have accomplished? Yeah, you know, we've we've set a lot of records, you know, we've grown revenue for the organization, which is our responsibility to do. 
Um, I think I'm most proud of the the team we've built here, the culture that we've developed. You know, we we work really hard um, and and we laugh a lot too. You know, we try to we try to have fun and and make it an engaging environment too. Um, you know, understanding our our ultimate goals are are you know to to sell tickets and to bring in revenue for the organization. Um, but we have a really great group of people um, that are really fun to be around and really really engaging group. You know, to your point, Brooke, you, you mentioned talking about growing revenue and, and record breaking and, and some of those revenues are, you know, astronomical. And so as you think about just that, that growing the revenue, it hasn't always been necessarily related to team performance either. So what's your advice to listeners on really just kind of control what you can control? You could come out and win 14 games one year. You could win four. How do you control what you can control? That's that's a great question. Um you know, I, th- I think for us, it starts with the relationships and we, we've tried to, you know, through our service team and our current season to get members really tried to build those relationships with people. And we do that um, as, as we're selling as well, um, really getting to know people. And um, once you create those relationships, kind of kind of make some of that dialogue or those down seasons a little easier to talk through because you you know these folks, you know, you know, some things about them. Um, and that, that really kind of helps, helps bridge the gap in some of those seasons. Brooke, as, as we've discussed, you've certainly had a great career. You certainly found your niche. And so ton of great experience, ton of great advice. As you think back to your career, what's been your best memory? Uh, there's been so many, Travis. Um, you know, my, my second year at the Astros, we, we made it to the World Series. Um, that was a lot of fun. Um, I think for me, my, my greatest memories are when my my professional life and personal life collide. So having my parents and my sister and her family at, at games here. So they, they see what I do um, and they can actually enjoy the experience. Um, I think for me, um, just having those people that have always supported me kind of be able to see, um, to see that side of it. um, That's, that's been a great, great memory for me. Having my niece and nephew here um, to see a game, you know, and they love it. And it is crazy, right? We, we work so many hours and so long that at times it's right. That work-life balance. What is it? Does it exist? And, and I liked how you put that your personal professionalized collide in a lot of different ways that you don't even think about it, right. but you know, the, the proud moments from families. Well, Brooke, this has certainly been great to close it out. I like to put our guests on the hustle hot seat. So you ready for this? Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. What was the last item you completed on your bucket list? Uh, um, I think that would have probably been prior to the pandemic, um, did a, did a trip to London and Paris, but that's a good reminder. I really need to get back to this bucket list. Get, get back to the bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> what reality TV show would you love to be on? Oh goodness. Probably one of the like home renovation. Like, um, I just, I'm, I'm so fascinated by those folks that can, you know, take an empty space or, you know, you know tear down walls and kind of make something new. So I think probably, probably a, a home renovation show. Now we talked a lot about, you know, throughout this podcast of being willing to evolve and, you know, try new things. And one of those is technology. So the, the third part of the hustle hot seat is if you had to delete all but three apps from your phone, which ones are you keeping? Oh, wow. Um, text message. Um, Google. And probably the camera. I would say I don't do a good enough job of taking pictures, but I think uh, kind of documenting and taking pictures, um, 
you know, would, would be something I'd, I'd keep as well. Nice. Well, to close it out, Brooke, what are three key takeaways you'd give every listener to be in your shoes one day? Um, surround yourself with great people um, that, en- that encourage you and, and push you to be better. Um, be confident and humble, um, knowing that, that you do have to have to be confident in your abilities, but be humble to listen to others and, um, and understand um, other people. Um, recognize that we're all in a different journey. Um, you know, we don't, no need to compare ourselves to others. We all have a, a journey that's going to be right for us. Um, and some, some journeys are faster and some are, are slower at different points. Um, and so we're, we're, we're all on a, on a great path. Um, we're just on a different path. No, I love it, Brooke. Great, great feedback. Great advice. You know, the common theme has been people and so surround yourself with good people. I love it. Confident, being humble. And, and then, you know, we talk a lot about enjoying the journey, but also enjoying the journey because it's yours. Don't worry about everybody else's journey. So exactly. great advice. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure talking to you and I appreciate your time and expertise. Thank you so much, Travis. I appreciate you. Again, this is Travis Apple. Thank you for listening to 52 Weeks of Hustle. Please be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. We'll be back next week with another industry leader. Have a great week. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.